Sunday night edition of the Crash the Pond podcast. Folks, we are but less than 48 hours away from the NHL draft, the 2020 NHL entry draft. The Ducks have the sixth pick. So in honor of that, we have a full-on draft panel tonight. It's myself, Jake Rudolph, CJ Woodling. We're going to do a mock draft. We're going to go through the entire first round, 1 through 31, it could get ridiculous. It could get insane. We may make some correct picks. Who knows? But I'm excited for it. Yeah, it it it's gonna be a mess. Let's go with that. Well, let's 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 really kind of set the expectation to what it should be, which yeah. is this is gonna be fun, but it's also gonna be a mess. Obviously, we we are gonna try to maintain some level of ducks focus throughout this, but realistically, Speak for yourself. We, yeah, we, we we have to consider each pick. So basically the way this is going to work, we're not going to try to do exactly... So we each have a pick, right? We, we're going to alternate every other pick. And basically we're going to try to make a pick that we think kind of makes sense for that specific team, but also putting ourselves in the GM's chair, in the head scout's chair, and applying our own philosophy a little bit as well. So it's going to be a blend of the two. I think it'd be a little boring if we just mm-hmm. tried to guess what that team is going to do because we would have a similar board to a lot of people you know, posting their own mock drafts. And we want to be somewhat different, but also not outrageous. You know, New York Rangers selecting Yaroslav Askarov at number yeah. one or something like that. Something crazy like that. Um, so do you guys just want to get into it? Uh, one thing I did want to lay out, did you guys want some kind of timer for the picks? I was thinking a two-minute timer. I mean... Where you, you can kick it around in your head. Sure, if you want, and really throw out a couple... If you want to throw out a couple different names, maybe get other people's opinions. And and, and, that, and that'll also kind of inherently limit how long this can go, which I think might be a good thing. Probably. Because this could yeah. take a while. Yeah, I'm, do, yeah. Do, you, do you want to do two and a half or two? Two. Two, I, two maybe, minutes. Two work. Two works. Two, min, two minutes. It's like mm-hmm. a fantasy draft. Yeah. We, we all know the drill. Um, okay, well, I'm on the clock, technically. I am the New York Rangers. I have the first overall pick. Uh, Jake, or sorry, CJ is going to have the second overall pick. He is the LA Kings. And then Jake has the third overall pick. He is the Ottawa Senators. Well, technically, he's the San Jose Sharks, but we all know how that Some, worked out. So Somehow, we're gonna some, all- <laughs> somehow some way, this draft worked out perfectly. And I should throw this out there. The mm-hmm. order was a completely randomized thing. I threw our names into an yes. online randomizer, and the first name to come out was Felix. Second name was CJ, and then mine was obviously third. And so, as it turns out, I have the Ducks' sixth pick and their 27th pick. Felix has the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens' pick at, what was that, yeah. 14? 16. 16? So, CJ, yes. sorry, you don't get any actual rooting interest pick, but Felix and I got it. Uh, I mean, this is rigged. Fake news. Ba- Based on all his tweets about the the Kings prospect pool, I think maybe <laughs> CJ might actually be a Kings fan. So this this might work wow. out for him. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, anything else you guys want to add? Any other ground rules? Um. No. I, I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be no fun. touching of the hair or face, and that's it. <laughs> Maintain six feet distance. Um, I just touched yes. my hair. Wow. Okay. I am the New York Rangers. I am on the clock. I don't need any of this clock. We are selecting <laughs> with the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft, Alexi Lafreniere from the Ramuski <gasps> Oceanic. It's the least surprising selection I could have made. I think he's the safest and potentially best player to come out of this draft. 
He's the best right now. He could potentially be the best later on as well. No-brainer first pick. So, on the clock, starting now, and this is a bit of a formality, but maybe it's not. Who knows? C.J. Woodling is up, general manager of the Los Angeles Kings. Make your selection. So, this is actually kind of a difficult one because... I, I will say this. My personal pick, if I is were it, running is it the difficult? Kings. Well, my personal pick, if I were running the Kings, would be Quentin Byfield. Because, you know, Byfield, to me, has a an incredibly high ceiling. In my opinion, his ceiling is almost as high, if not at the level of Lafreniere. Lafreniere is obviously better right now, but... Um, you know, Byfield is just explosive if a flawed prospect right now. However, I think most of us know a lot of the rumors that the Kings may go Stutzle at number two. Um, and so, honestly, I think I'm going to go a little bit more of the realism here. And um, I still believe that it's more likely that the Kings go Stutzle at number two. So I am going to go Stutzle there. Wow. Right as he hits the one minute mark, the buzzer beater. So that's Tim Stutzley off the board at number two. Wow. Oh my! This is this draft has already yep. just gone completely off rails, which is great. Yes, I'm, this is what we need. So up next, Pierre Dorian slash Jake Rudolph mm-hmm. is up to the podium. You're on the clock. So that really kind of made my life a little bit easier there. Th- th- <laughs> thank you, CJ, uh, for for doing that for me because I was fully expecting uh, Quinton Byfield to go at the second overall pick. I think that he is the second best player in this draft. Like CJ said, he is the has as big of a ceiling or as good of a ceiling probably as Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, this is a guy that is a center. He, he has a potential franchise center for the Ottawa Senators. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer. No matter how you feel about Lucas Raymond or how high you are on him, there's no way that you can pick anyone but Quinton Byfield at this selection. Ottawa may have gotten a complete steal with Quinton Byfield dropping to them at three. So, Quinton so, Byfield. So that's, Quinton Byfield is the pick out of Sudbury. There it is. So, wow, we are two picks down, and neither of them. Well, both neither of them required the entire two minute limit. I expect that to change as we get deeper into this draft. So, I'm up. I'm Steve Eiserman slash Felix Sicard, number four, Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings could do anything here. And by the way, I'm putting myself on the clock. I think that they could do something really ridiculous because they did that last year, picking Moritz Sider, I think, at number eight. So let's just get weird again. Let's just get weird again. Are you are you doing oh, it? Are you going are you going Uh-oh. where I think you're going? I am selecting are you going with, with the, the fourth overall pick, Yaroslav Askarov. Wow. Oh, he did it. At he number four. <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings need a goaltender. They've been connected to Askarov, so this is not complete fooey they have been Corey Pronman even listed in his mock draft and the mock draft that he that he provides is basically mostly stemming from asking around the industry so I'm just doing it and by the way we've heard so much about Perfetti going to Detroit that at this point it has to be a smokescreen or at least that's how I view it right now <laughs> Eskarov at four wow so CJ you're up. Well, re- You're real, a fi- real quick. I uh-huh. want to chime in on that. Really. Reactions. And, and reactions? I think that we should okay. be, do- we should allow reactions to the picks. Sure. I, I think it's Go good. Go for the reaction. But um, that is shocking. Not completely off the board though, because if you were to look at, yeah, like you said, not. with Pronman, Correct. you also listened to, I believe Pronman was on uh, Craig uh, Custance's podcast, the full, full 60, 60. And he had mentioned mm-hmm. that there are connections and that it's probably either going to be Cole Perfetti or uh, Askarov. And so, well, yes, it does seem crazy. 
It I, is crazy. Iserman, Iserman's a guy that is going to take the player he wants. And if that is yes. the player that he identifies as the best player available for the Detroit Red Wings at that pick, then that's what he's going to do. And, and, yeah. and so that's to me why, well, yes, it's crazy and off the board and might be completely wrong. Um, it's not an awful risk to for you to take right there if you're trying to predict how it's going to go. Yeah, and, and, and especially Askarov... with, and, oh, and I was just going to say, especially like Askarov is really, really well thought of around the league. I really like Askarov as a goaltender. I, you know, personally, I think that he is going a little bit early, but I can see Steve Eiserman's thought process here. I think that it's yeah. very likely that Askarov is going to have a long career in the NHL. And at this point, that's really something, one of biggest uh, Detroit's biggest needs here. So, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to drag that pick. And on that note, real quick on Detroit, though, this is their only first round selection. So yeah. it's not as if they could wait till later and maybe pick him up in the teens. Iserman, Askarov will be long gone it, in the first round for it, sure. Exactly, and so if this is the guy they identify, I mean, you look at he has he's taken Russian players and, and has no mm-hmm. issues with that. So I I think it's a good pick. Yeah, and and the thing with Askarov is he the the what, what kind of amuses me is that everyone keeps saying he's the best goalie prospect since Carey Price in two thousand and five. And uh, shots at John Gibson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, John is John Gibson not the 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 next best after well, Carey Price since that time? By the way, r- really really quick side note here: if you didn't see, EA um, NHL Twenty One has been coming out with their positional rankings. They oh, have Lord. John Gibson ranked as the second best goalie in the league. In the, Who's in number the game. one? Who do you think? Uh, Carey Price. <laughs> nice try. I- <laughs> Who is this it? Should be obvious. Hellebuck. Connor no, Hellebuck? it's Andre Vasilevsky. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I know. Oh, I know. By the way, I'm, I'm just. Oh, by the way, no. just we all know. We've talked about that to death. Just for Felix, Hockey Boys chimes in our Twitch chat saying Caden Gooley number one overall. <laughs> We're, we'll get there. Just, Don't worry. That, that's we just. Will. We will get there. Okay. Ottawa Senators, CJ Woodling, you were on the clock. Yeah. So this is where I mean things are getting real, real interesting now. Um, given where uh, the Ottawa Senators are. And what's really interesting is that the latest rumors have Ottawa linked to both Askarov and Sanderson ahead of Jamie Drysdale. Apparently, Ottawa likes Sanderson better than Drysdale. I'm not sure about that. But um, what I'm going to do here uh, at number five is I'm going to say, screw you, Pierre Dorian. I am taking over here, and I'm going with my gut and Jamie Drysdale at number five for the Ottawa Senators. Wow. Okay, they need rea- defense. Re- reaction time. They need defense. Reaction time. If the Senators' hall ends up being Byfield and Drysdale, well, it sounds like, CJ, you're on board with that if it's Byfield, yep. Drysdale. Jake? I think that's yeah. a hell of a first, you know, couple picks. That yeah. that is a crazy, crazy first round for them. I mean, you you look at it if you're Ottawa, they were hoping to obviously get number one, but obviously if you get into yeah. number two, that that's even better. They basically got potentially the player they wanted at number two, and they're also getting the. You mean three? You mean number? Oh, sorry. you mean in if they had been two. if they had been two exactly with getting Highfield sure. at three, and then they're also getting Jamie Drysdale, who 
I think we all can agree is the best defenseman in this draft. I don't think probably any, the best D prospect. I, I don't yeah. think any of us are as high on Sanderson as it seems some people have been of late. He's a good defenseman, but he's not going to be that good. Um, well, or some people say he's the he's the best D prospect. Yes, many people have him ahead of Drysdale. Yep, but so I, I think this is a good pick from CJ. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense for Ottawa to get kind of a center and a defenseman and, and really kind of shore up their team from the center or on the blue line and uh, at the center position. Okay, so Jake, you have the glamour pick here. Mm-hmm. You have the pick Ooh. that has been on the mind of Ducks fans for since March. Well, we we haven't known that they've been sixth overall since the season was cut short, since- but we, the Ducks fans and just people that observe the Ducks for a long time have been thinking of who they're going to pick. And we've known for a while now it's going to be number six. So you, my friend, Bob Murray, are officially on the clock. And Bob Murray, at real Bob Murray, if you are here in this chat right <laughs> now, just know that Jake's pick is legally binding. Yes. It so you have it, to go with this it, pick. It 100% is. So you're, ten, you're, you're 12 seconds in, by the way. To me, this this <laughs> this is a very easy pick, but I do want to bring this up because it, it's important to bring up. There has been chatter of the Ducks potentially trading down um, from this position. We're not going to be doing that throughout this draft because that's not really reasonable for us to predict trades on top of everything. The only reason why I could see the Ducks trading down is if the player that they have pegged as the sixth uh, best player, potentially Alexander Holtz, they've been linked to Holtz, they want goal scoring, maybe that's what they view. That would make sense to me if they traded down in the 9-10 to 10 range, especially with the way that this draft has panned out with Askarov going uh, fourth overall, Jamie Drysdale, potentially Sanderson also going. That could push Alexander Holtz to that lower level that allows the Ducks to take him at that lower pick and potentially gain more uh, draft capital in the process. So having said all that, the third best player in this draft, in my opinion, behind Byfield and Lafreniere is uh, Lucas Raymond. I wrote an article. I wrote his draft profile. It went up. Uh, I actually convinced Felix a little bit on that. Um, he is just so, so good. He's probably not going to be in the NHL for a year or two, so he's a more of a project. But he's a guy that has just so much skill. He can drive play both directions. He's good in his own zone. He's a guy that you can uh, really build a line around. So I'm going to be taking out of Forlunda, Lucas Raymond for the Anaheim Ducks. Wow. There I you have it, I actually didn't expect folks. you to go Raymond there. There you Raymond's have it. Raymond's third best. That... On, Raymond's on, just on the side, third on my list is Lucas Raymond at this point in time. That is not what I would do if I would have been. That wasn't in your what shoes. I would do either. Well, I yeah, yeah, I know where both yeah. of you would have gone. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm being so I am, I am out. I'm on the clock now. I'm putting myself on the clock. Do well, you guys want to react more to the Ducks pick? We probably should. It, it's the Ducks so pick. If, <laughs> we probably if, should. Huh? If the, we're if a Ducks the, podcast. If the Ducks select, Lu- yeah. So let's give this a little time here. So if the Ducks select Lucas Raymond. I think the average fan may ask themselves, how should I feel about this? And I think if I were to help you navigate your feelings there, search your feelings, um, I would say that Lucas Raymond is a fine pick at number six. He's There's arguments to be made. He's a top three prospect in this draft. He's incredibly skilled. A lot of it has flown under the radar because of his usage at Ferlinda, like Jake was saying. And so we just haven't seen really what he can possibly do. We're getting a bit of a taste of that now with the restart in the SHL. So I think that if you're a Ducks fan and they select Raymond, you should feel happy. You should feel like this is an upside play. This is kind of bucking the traditional notion of you need a sample size. You need to see them do it. He's He hasn't necessarily done it at the pro level, but he's had good moments at the World Juniors. And I just think it's a fine pick. 
you should be happy i think if you're a ducks fan yeah cj did you do you share that at all yeah, and, and I like that, and I, and I will say, and I don't know if I've told you too. I've I've warmed up on Raymond a bit, not to the point where I would personally consider him the third best prospect, but Raymond is is really what the Ducks need is dynamic offensive players, right? They and you could argue as much as we love Alexander Holtz, Holtz isn't necessarily he's not particularly a dynamic player, but he's got that he he he's a little bit more of a one-trick pony pony, but that one trick is so damn good that you know, he's yeah. really up there whereas Somebody like Raymond uh, has a lot of different skill sets. He can beat you in a few different ways. He's one of the reasons why I wrote on Cole Perfetti earlier this year and why I'm very high on Cole Perfetti is because he can beat you in so many ways. And Raymond has shown flashes of that. And so I really do believe that you know, I've been a big critique. Uh, um, I've been very critical of Bob Murray for being, and Martin Madden for that matter, for being very predictable in the draft over the years. And I believe uh, that taking risks should be rewarded, um, especially if they're logical and calculated risks. And to me, Lucas Raymond at this pick is a logical and calculated risk. And I would definitely applaud Murray for that if this is the way the draft goes. Yeah, I I 100% agree that it's a risk. Mm -hmm. The, The main reason, let me just explain it a little bit more outside of just the thing or outside of kind of the, the pick uh, reasoning, but how I, I would see it fit for the ducks is personally, I view Raymond as, as someone that could potentially be an 80 point player in the NHL also driving play and being solid in his own zone, his comparable. If you're looking at a comparable and want to find something like that, some people have compared him to Mitch Marner, um, a winger that is able to produce points by himself and not necessarily, necessarily need a, a play driving center to do it with him. But I would argue maybe he's a little bit better, even in his own zone. And you look at what he can do, um, in the offensive zone, it, it's really, really impressive. And yes, he, he did not have the points last season, but still, if you were to look at the point production kind of that he had on a points per game level, um, it's still pretty impressive, impressive from a draft eligible forward. Um, and it's even more impressive when you put him in the situation of, he was a fourth line wing or fourth line winger on a very good team and was put in a situation where he had to play somewhat defensively and still drove play, still put up good numbers. And so he's going to, he's someone where I think if he does fall past six, if the Ducks do not take him at six, I think whoever ends up taking him later in this draft may very much uh, find the steal of the draft with this pick. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the argument right there for Raymond in a nutshell, mm-hmm. is that if you hit, you could hit big. But there is there is some downside risk. Yeah. But that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people sometimes deride a pick because there's risk. And if you're not taking any risk, you're not really doing your job. So yeah. Um, but on that note, one of the wait. things that I will say really quick, there's there's a little uh-huh. bit of uh, chat going off right now mm-hmm. about people talking about different prospects and um, dynamic offensive potential. And I do want to stress to people that this draft is considered to be one of the deeper forward drafts in recent years. And there are a lot of guys Mm -hmm. who are dynamic offensively. There are a lot of guys, especially in the first half of the first round that you're going to hear us saying the, the phrase as almost cliche it's become dynamic offensive potential, because there are that many guys who have that potential here. It's not just one player. Um, So just keep that in mind as we're going, that this is a deep 
uh, draft with a lot of guys with a lot of different skill sets, and that's going to be a recurring theme. Here. And I do want to touch on this, seeing as it is a uh, we are a Ducks podcast, and there's a question kind of about the Ducks uh, prospect system mm-hmm. uh, from Anime Holics uh, D94 said, uh, "Shouldn't the Ducks be looking at pure a pure sniper because that's what they they need is a uh, is a goal scorer? Yeah. And, and I they think need everything exactly. They, they just need." They need everything they but need, goaltending. They need talent. <laughs> yeah. They they need they talent. They just need good players. And and you can fill in the pieces. I mean, Lucas Raymond has a good shot. It, it's not on the level of Alexander Holtz, but if you were to put him with with, uh, with Trevor Zegras, someone's going to be able to finish out of those well, two. And also, my issue with this kind of narrative surrounding the shot is that a shot in hockey is not like a shot in basketball where you have a – it's it you know it happens in very defined context so a three-point shot mid-range layup you know yeah for hockey you have your different uh you know medium range long range and high danger you have all of those but it happens within the flow of play you know is it a one-timer are you coming down on the rush are you curling off of the wall just having a great shot you know you need to have other tools that are going to allow you to use that shot effectively and People often forget this about Alex Ovechkin, but when he first broke into the NHL, he wasn't the standstill one-timer guy we see today. He was a dynamic skater, and that skating, that that strong, powerful stride allowed him to get his shot off whenever he wanted to, and that is what allowed his shot to become as dominant as it was. And my concern, particularly with a guy like Holtz, who everyone seems to have pegged as the best sniper in the draft, is that, well, I'm not necessarily sold that all the other tools are there to make that that shot shine at the highest level and at the most consistent level possible. So And keep in mind anyway. as well with Ovechkin, that whole Ovi's office thing didn't actually develop until several seasons into his career. Like it took a while for that thing to yeah. happen. Felix when he started getting right. slower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. By the way, yeah, wanna, we could, yeah. Wanna give a shout out. We have uh, twenty people watching us live right now, so uh, a little bit higher than what we typically get for these off season pods. So just want to shout that out. Thank you everyone for uh, for joining us, and hope you continue to enjoy this thing. Absolutely. So can I go now? Go for it. No. New Jersey Devils. I know everyone's dying to hear my my Devils pick. <laughs> I think we I'm, all know where this is going. I'm putting myself on the clock, and I'm putting myself also in the shoes of interim GM, I believe, Tom Fitzgerald. Um, This is tough because on one hand, you could argue that you should just always take the best player available, but I don't think that's how these teams necessarily view it. And I think that although Marco Rossi would make so much sense for the Devils and he would be the guy that I, if it was purely up to me, I would pick. But I I could also see them saying, well, we already have Nico Hishier and we have Jack Hughes. We have the center depth. At some point, we need to get dynamic playmaking wingers. And so you have a Alexander Holtz who potentially fits that bill with the with the big shot and maybe some underrated passing. But the guy that probably should not be available right now at number seven and who I am making the selection is Cole Perfetti. Saginaw Spirit, he's just maybe, I mean, he's got top five, maybe even top three skill in this draft. The skating isn't as dynamic as you would maybe like it to be, but the hands, the shot, the passing, the vision, it's all there. And I think he would be a perfect complement for the likes of a Jack Hughes or a Nico Heischer or really whoever. He's just a, a great fit. And I think on, on pure talent, he's way up there. So that's my pick at number seven. There you go. Thoughts? I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, what's interesting is that like in, in Felix, you know this and both Felix and Jake know this, that I'm a big fan of Cole Perfetti. 
That being said, he's listed as a center. That's where he's played a good portion of his yeah. time in juniors. However, as you mentioned, his weakness is his skating. And he's not a bad skater, per se, but he would be probably right around the average skater um, situation. And um, despite popular belief, improving skating is not actually that fixable. Like, you can certainly improve it, but realistically, you're only going to be able to marginally do that. You're not going to be able to take a guy like Perfetti and turn him into, like, a Connor McDavid speedster or anything like that. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of a physical barrier there. But that... So, honestly, given that, um, I... and, And the fact that Perfetti is an amazing playmaker, I would not be surprised if at some point he switches to the wing. Yeah, he, he projects career. as a winger more. I yeah, I, I don't, even though he's listed as a center, personally for me, I don't project him long-term mm-hmm. as a center. I think whoever gets him will undoubtedly try and see if they can develop him. Especially on the Devils, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, if he does go to the Devils, as you said, yeah, I, I think you make a very good point there that they may be more inclined to get him onto the wing. So Perfetti, again, he's a guy who can beat you in so many different ways and my favorite thing about Perfetti is the fact that his reaction time is unbelievable if there's even a split second where a passing lane or a shooting lane is open he's gonna find it and he's gonna burn you on it um and and I don't and I think that um with a lot of players that reaction time especially this young at 18 years old isn't always there especially as you see the game kind of evolve around you and and how fluid it is and especially once you get to the NHL level so I really like that pick for uh New Jersey with uh, Cole Perfetti yep I I think that's a really good pick for them I think it, it makes a lot lot of sense um they they need to get some wingers into that system uh they'll they'll be able to add cole perfetti uh, in a couple in a year or two to, to jack hughes to nico he depending on who they want to pair him with that that could be a very dynamic duo wh- whichever one you want to put them with yeah. because both of those are very very good centers um jack hughes will probably take another step and it, it and if he does end up making it as a center that's a pretty great one two three center uh depth for a long time that will be cheap for a fair amount of time yeah, I think the skill level of that forward group would take a huge step yeah. forward if you if you add in a Perfetti. Yep. Okay, so at number eight, the Buffalo Sabres. CJ, you are on the clock. All right. Um, well, honestly, uh, I, at Buffalo Sabres, given uh, where he is right now, um, I am going to go... See, this one's an interesting one, and I think personally um, I'm going to go with Marco Rossi. Ooh. And um, I was I almost went Holtz here. I almost went Holtz because <laughs> Buffalo has you know they have Jack Eichel. Um, they've got these you know the, the these players. That Buffalo should be on paper better than they are, but I think we've talked to death and and it's been talked to death about how they uh, how they've basically been running their franchise. But so really at this point. The Buffalo Sabres need scoring, but I think more than they need scoring, they just need offense in general. Like, Buffalo (laughs) Sabres, to me, is a classic example. Where they are right now is a classic example of a team that just needs the best player available, right? And if you're looking at overall best player available, as great as Holtz's shot is, Rossi is just, I'm sorry, he's just a more complete player. I think you're going to see him in the NHL really quickly. I would not be surprised if it's even this season, if he makes that jump. Um, He's such a polished player already. Think of Marco Rossi as 
basically a way better Isaac Lundestrom. Remember when <laughs> when the Ducks got Isaac Lundestrom, and and I think the the big thing that we all liked about him at first was the fact that he seemed very polished, and he he already felt like he had a lot of the good NHL skills. He looked like he belonged. Think of that, but like times, at a way higher like a level, thousand. like nearly nearly elite <laughs> level. Yeah, right. Well, the the comp for me with Marco Rossi, the more I've watched him play, and obviously it's not to the same level. He plays a lot like Sidney Crosby, just very cerebral, strong on his edges, playmaker. There's nothing really incredibly flashy about his game. He plays like older Sidney Crosby, not 18 year old, 19 year old, <laughs> 20 year old Sidney Crosby. To be to be completely transparent, but it is kind of that. That's how he dominates the game. So yeah. I love that. I love that pick at number eight. The thing that I would, the, the thing I've heard Sidney Crosby described on Reddit, and I think this is perfect. Sidney Crosby is the best grinder in the NHL. Yeah, and, and that's I honestly, kind of Marco Rossi. Yeah. yeah, and Marco Rossi fits that bill, yeah. I think, very well. Yeah, and I think this but, is a great. But, but no one will say that because that's no. you're putting that on the kid, and yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah, this <laughs> is a that's a great pick though for for Buffalo. I mean, they now have the depth to either if they want to put Dylan Cousin long term on the wing, um, they can do that and have Marco Rossi at center. They can put yeah. Rossi on, on the wing and put him on Jack Eichel's wing. They now have Eric Stahl who can kind of look over yeah. them. Also, there, there's a whole lot of depth there now, and so this is a really really good pick. I mean. I was talking about Lucas Raymond falling, becoming the seal of the draft. If Marco Rossi falls until about eight, he could be one that everyone will look back on and saying, why did we pass on him? He probably will. I think but if yeah. you look at, I think he probably will. And with Rossi, um, yeah, with the Sabres especially, if you have you know, the, the, the center depth there, if he does become a center, Rossi, Cousins, Eichel, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous okay jake you've been filibustering enough here you were up you are the minnesota wild here who is your selection so my selection is completely different than what i had listed um this draft has gone completely different <laughs> them's than the breaks yeah and, and i think all we mentioned this before we went live this is going to be fun because we're actually going to see how people on the draft uh, on the draft floor do it and really having to to make adjustments on the fly to what everyone else has done and if someone fell that you didn't expect to fall uh, yep. it may leave them open to be taken. And to me, the Minnesota Wild, I think you can't pass on Alexander Holtz at this point in time. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. I, Elaborate. I, I, I Elaborate. think that Alexander Holtz... Defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Holtz, I think at ninth overall, you get an offensive talent that Minnesota really hasn't had in a long time. They get a guy that can really score goals at a very elite level. I think I talked about this back when uh, there was the second draft lottery was happening, and I really wanted Minnesota to win because you look at their franchise, their their career leader is or career leader in goals is like 250 or something. It, it's something really stupid in terms of it not being that high. So um, to me, I, I look at that, I'm like, all right, Alexander Holtz gets them an instant goal-scoring option that they have not had in a very long time. And so I, I think that they would go Alexander Holtz with that pick. Wow. Okay. Well, so I just want to point out that our last two picks have been cut and paste from, uh, not actually cut and paste, but they're the same as Corey Promen's mock draft, which is kind of funny because I don't think that that's how, you know, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be this way. It, it was kind not. of happened that way. Yeah. So I am up. I am putting myself on the clock. I am the Winnipeg Jets. And this draft so far has played out very bizarrely to me if I'm the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets have been connected to Anton Lundell for a long time. Uh, I was going to go Alexander Holtz if he was going to still be available because Holtz at 10 to the Jets would be a steal. 
that is way too far down. But now he's off the board, and I'm just not really excited by Anton Lindell. I don't think that's the way that the Jets should go. If you if if you were any level of, of hockey fan, whether it was casual or diehard, and you watched the Winnipeg Jets last season, you would know that they were not a good defensive team at all. And they don't really have much in the way of defensive prospects. So I think it's time. Enter the Sandman, Jake Sanderson. He's going 10 to Winnipeg. That's my pick. React. It makes complete and total sense. It, honestly, total sense. honestly yep. 10th overall um, is probably the perfect pick uh, for Jake Sanderson. That's right in the range they should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm more comfortable with him at 10 than 5. <laughs> and I think for the Jets, they just have so little in the cupboard defensively that they, they got to start addressing that at some point. You could also argue that they need forwards as well because despite the fact that they have line A, they're, they really want to trade him. And then after that, you've got Nikolai Ehlers and then a bunch of veterans. So you, they need to start considering replenishing that as well. But the, de- the defense is such a eyesore right now that I, I just can't pass on Sanderson here from the Jets. So, CJ, you are your favorite team, the Nashville Predators, <laughs> and you are on the clock. Yeah, so Nashville Nashville to me is an extremely interesting team. They've got, you know, obviously everybody knows about their their defense and Roman Yossi winning the Norris and and Ryan Ellis and how great they are on the back end, but at the same time their decor is starting to age. That being said, I don't think that this is necessarily the draft where they have to do that, especially next year. Next year's draft is supposed to be one of the most stacked offensive drafts um, in recent years. Um, there's so much incredible talent coming out of next year. So I think Nashville can wait uh, one more year on that side of things. So I think they definitely need to score more. They've never been a very um, high-scoring team, and so they're, 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 they're definitely going to need a guy who is going to elevate their offense offense. Um, so for me, somebody who I actually have personally liked with the Nashville Predators, I am going to go with uh, Jack Quinn out of uh, Ottawa. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Defend oh boy. yourself. So, defend yourself. This, this, so you got to defend this one. <laughs> Quinn had an incredible season in the OHL. Um, he had 50 goals. Uh, I mean, he he was just incredible. He busted out, and this season his draft stock just shot up. Um, and I just I, I really do like how he plays. I think he's a very smart player. He's got again dynamic offensive potential. Um, he is definitely one of these guys who um, uh, I think that he's he's a pretty good skater. Uh, Corey Promen had mentioned that his skating has definitely improved over this year, and that was one of the reasons for why he rocketed up so much. And if there is one good thing that Nashville is good at is that they have a lot of fantastic skaters. And so the profile to me, I think, fits Jack Quinn. Um, and so I just really do like him. And I think that, uh, um, the type of player that he is would work very well in a Nashville system. Well, there you go. You, you just hit two minutes. So perfect. I, my reaction to that is, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I think 
to be fair, the the Predators need everything. I, despite yeah. the fact that they have Roman Yossi and, and like you were saying, you know, the, the depth, I still think they could probably use some additional guys in the pipeline there. But up front is really where they're lacking. It's really been their Achilles heel. So Quinn nominally is a goal scorer and comes in and can theoretically fill that void. I'm not so confident that he can. Jake, your thoughts? Yeah, I I have a lot of concerns on Jack Quinn. And I think that he may be good as a result of Marco Rossi. And you also add in the fact that he is so old. You see this uh, scoring binge that he had this past year and it kind of came out of nowhere. And so there, there are concerns on my front. That's not necessarily knocking CJ's pick here. I think that it makes sense. There, it's a the, logical pick. There are yeah, some, there's, for sure. There's chatter about, and this is no joke here. We mentioned this, I think it was on the Patreon episode. He could go top 10. He could go fifth. There's some chatter of Ottawa being interested in taking him. Whether, yeah, yeah. Quinn, Quinn is very, very highly rated amongst a bunch of NHL scouts. Yes. Yeah, but his his actual it, it, when you get into when you get into the numbers and the probabilities, it just it doesn't match that perception at all. Um, if you go by hockey prospecting star probability, he's at twenty seven percent, which is fine, but it, it doesn't match the fifty goal kind of narrative, no, and, in, in my opinion. And, and, yeah, and I agree. That's the biggest. Uh, the, and, but, and I think the thing that, like, the fact that he played with Rossi the entire time, that's a big concern. And the 67s were a stacked team this year. Well, so, and I, yeah. But I could see yeah. Nashville making this pick because I don't think... It's a, it, a, it's a totally reasonable pick a lot for of, them. A lot of these yeah. arguments that we're making are more so kind of analytical type of thought process type of things. And What's I'm wrong not, with that? I'm not necessarily convinced that David Poyle would, would make that same type of thought process in terms of picking <laughs> a player. You think the guy that gave Matt Duchesne eight by eight or the person, whatever it was? The person that traded, come on, dude, really? The person that traded he, Philip Forsberg? He, he, no, no, no. Or trade, Paul, sorry, traded, traded four. four. Never mind. Yeah, that's Never a good mind. move. Yep, yep. No, Duchesne was, is the yep, bad one. Yep, yep. <laughs> I realized okay, after Jake, I said it that that was not what I was thinking of. So, Never Jake, mind. you're up. Time. You're on the clock. So, Jake, you are the Florida Panthers, and I don't actually know. So, is it Bill Zito, their, their yes. GM yes. right now? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. So you're on the clock. You're already 12 seconds in. Who is? Who are you going with Oof. the 12 here? This is this is tough because um, if you're looking at any for any inkling of you're, who you're set between the pipes, right? You're you're all good in in goal. Well, they just took. <laughs> uh, I'm spacing on his name. Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight. Spencer last. Knight. Yeah. So yeah, the I mean, even if Askarov was on the board or Askarov, however you pronounce it, was on the board, I would not expect them to take him. Um, this is a tough one because if you look at Corey Pronman's list, he had mentioned that they were really linked to Braden Schneider, but that was due to Dale Talon. Um, and so mm-hmm. with Talon gone, it's really kind of uh, an open ball game of who they're going to take. No one really knows. Um, but so I think kind of having said that, I'm going to have to go with probably the best player available at this point in time, which is going to be Anton Lindell. Um, Ooh. To me, Anton Lindell Ooh. is probably the best player available at that point in time. Um, you look at a lot of a lot of different things. They a lot of places have them around the top ten. This is this is a center, and now granted, this is a little bit of a floor play. But I think that if you're a brand new GM, that makes sense uh, to go for a bit of the safer pick because you're trying to make a good impression on your general on your ownership on everything. So you go mm-hmm. with a bit of the safer play. He's a guy that may not ever become a first line center, but he could be a solid second line to third line center. He's defensively solid. Uh, been uh, decent in over in Finland. Um, so I'm going to go with Anton Lindell at this pick. Okay. Okay. Well, my reaction to that is 
not a positive one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. It, if the Florida Panthers were to make that pick, it's not a bad pick. And there's there's definitely Lindell truthers out there who will say he's a much better scorer than he's given credit for. But I just – maybe it's just because of the way the narrative has been on him that he's not really an upside play. Maybe I downgrade him a little bit. But oh, I, think I agree. The Panthers need it, – it's a fine pick. If they were to make that pick, there's definitely an argument for it. But I just – it, it it's not home run enough. No, for me. no, no. I it's I not home run. I agree, and I don't think it's home run, but I think it is the safe pick. And I think Lundell would have made more sense for the three next teams. Actually, maybe I'm just bitter that you may have taken my pick. I think that Who that's exactly <laughs> that he would not make sense for Carolina at all. That's an analytic head. No, team. I don't see him as a. Kid. But for yeah, for Edmonton and Toronto, guy. I I could actually. I don't, I don't think Toronto either. Well, the thing is. They have their stars, and so but, with but Lindell, Toronto's Toronto's a team that's going to play the upside game in the first round. Okay, okay. Well, so I'm up here. I'm actually ex- I'm excited. I'm on the clock, by the way. I'm excited to be the Carolina Hurricanes because I get to kind of do whatever I want. I can just pick someone crazy, and it, and it, there okay, will be no get Eric Tulski. <laughs> there will be no repercussions. But I'm a little torn here. There are two guys that I really want. And this is going to come down to my belief that of which one will be the greater star. And because it's the Hurricanes, I'm just going to look at analytics. I'm just going to say that Seth Jarvis has a higher star probability than Rodion Amirov, and that's it. So we're taking we're taking Seth Jarvis at number 13. I really like Jarvis's game. Um, I think that he might not have the best physical you know toolkit in terms of overall speed and physicality but he's incredibly skilled he's got a good shot he's a good playmaker he's an upside play for sure and just injecting another guy like that into the hurricane system i just love that for them and so i'm i'm going seth jarvis at 13 and feeling great about it i think yeah i like i like seth jarvis a lot mostly because to me he is the type of player who has a chance to drive play on whatever line that he is centering um i think he's a guy and he did that with portland um you know for most of this last year um he he is one of these guys who you can stick you know some some decent guys on his wings and he's gonna find them he's going to give you some scoring chances i think that you know, Carolina is the type of team that loves, loves, loves their play driving forward. Sebastian Ajo, um, Svechnikov, you know, has some good play driving. I think he can do that. Um, you know, this is a, a this is a team that I think fits Seth Jarvis's skill set perfectly. Yep. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I think that this is a pick that makes sense. I think that Seth Jarvis makes more sense to Carolina than Anton Lindell does. And that's kind of why. Yeah. Well, I thought Jarvis would be gone. <laughs> I thought Jarvis might be gone at this point. Yeah, but, it, um, it, it's definitely possible that it plays out that way. I mean, there may. I think there's been some talk on Jarvis maybe even jumping into the top 10. I think that would be reasonable. Yeah. I, I would I would rather use a top 10 pick on Seth Jarvis than Eskarov, for example. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, the thing with Jarvis is I also think that he is viewed as an upside play, but I, I kind of think he has a decent floor too, and, and that's important. So with all that being said, number 14, Edmonton Oilers. CJ, you're on the clock. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Edmonton Oilers, man, they are... 
what was it? One of my favorite tweets of all time was from uh, Namita um, Namukar, who did a whole thing where he was like, I feel like Connor McDavid wished to a genie that he could be the best uh, um, hockey player in the world, but it was one of those genies that screws up all your other crap because you weren't specific enough. <laughs> and I think that just, like, <laughs> I think that describes Edmonton so perfectly that they've got this massive head start with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and then, like, you know, Nugent Hopkins is good too, but outside of that, things get real weird um so they really need again i think they're another team that just needs best player available um and for me at this point um and i think this is going to um i think this is going to match a lot of what uh pronman has said um but um i am going to go fairly high up here on connor zary um from camps yeah um, so Connor Zary uh, was uh, behind Jarvis in scoring in the WHL, and he's a guy who I think um, he he's very creative. He's a guy again who has the ability to drive some play. I really like his um, uh, his stick handling. I think that he's got some really good stick handling, and that he's uh, he has some explosiveness to him, um, which I think could be really good. I don't think he's necessarily an incredible skater, but he's got a good first step, and um, he's one of these guys who I think that um, uh, really could be a good depth center for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if you're going to be really looking at him to be a super, you know, like second line center or anything like that. I think that may be his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, uh, you know, Connor Zary is the type of guy who I think is the best player left. I do like his skill set, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think that you basically just have to take him and you have to hope that he develops well enough to get Edmonton to have a little bit more depth in their forward corps. Yep, and you just hit two minutes, so there you go. I would say that with Connor Zary, um, he's one of those guys who I think maybe some eye test level people are not quite as high on, but Mm -hmm. the analytics love Connor Zary because he's at a 32% star probability, which is the fourth or fifth highest just mark in this draft. He's, He's tied with a bunch of guys, but there's definitely upside there, and I think that for the Oilers, they may be inclined to go get a defenseman or, or who knows what they would do, but I agree that they should be looking for upside and skill, and, and Zary fits that for sure. So good pick. Yep. Uh, Jake, are you are you ready for your pick? I am ready. Let, let's so do it. So at number 15, Kyle Dubas slash Jake Rudolph. The Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs are officially on the clock. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that are known to take risks. Uh, oh, uh, no. Just don't screw me over. I'm one. Oh, no. I I am one hundred screwing you over because oh, this why? was this was the pick I said made total and complete sense oh. for the Toronto Maple Leafs and yes this is the player that Corey Pronman also has going to the Maple Leafs and it's because it just makes complete and total sense the Maple Leafs are a team that believes why in are taking, you screwing me over? taking skill taking the best player available taking the highest ceiling player and to me at this pick. That is one of Felix's favorite players, and he almost, I almost, almost I'm actually really upset right almost now. Almost made it all the way. You can hear the pain. The Montreal Canadiens 16. I will be taking uh, out of the KHL Rodion Amirov, and it just makes complete sense to Toronto. I mean, he's a guy that is very. He's a smaller type of player. He's very highly skilled. He's doing really well this year in the KHL. Was doing well last year. 
Um, there is the issue of obviously being a KHL player, but the, the Maple Leafs have not shied away from taking guys from the KHL and taking risks on guys, even unsigned guys to bring them over. And so this, this is, this seems like a match made in heaven because this could be a, this is a complete upside play and the Maple Leafs traded to get this pick to be able to make an upside play. So they're not going to be safe with the 15th pick. And I think Rodion Amirov is the perfect pick for them at 15. How dare you? How dare you do this to me? <laughs> After all that I've said about Amirov, you, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't just let me have it. Nope. Nope. That, you, that's okay. You, you can blame yourself for this one. Jake Destroyer <laughs> of Dreams. I uh yeah, I, I I basically just signaled to everybody who I wanted far too early, is what you're saying. Yeah, and T. Anderson asked, not a defenseman for the Leafs. No, I think they're gonna go upside. They're not gonna worry about best get it fitting a need. No, that, that's they'll, not that, that's they'll not just something trade, that Kyle Dubas will do. They'll just trade Neilander for Manson and it'll it'll all be okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, well you have let me, you have left me in one hell of a situation. A- any here. thoughts? Any thoughts? Either of you on that pick? I'm pissed off. I'm, I mean, I'm just fuming. But I will say this: I think that the Leafs. I think there uh-huh. will be some pressure to make more of a need based pick because it's pretty obvious what they need right now. They need defense. But at the same, but by the same token, I think that in the range of the draft that they're in at 14, um, or sorry, at 15, there's not really a defenseman that nope. I would feel just so confident picking that he can come in and contribute within the next year or two. You know, Caden Gool- Gooley, for example, could be that guy, but it's less of a sure thing. And at the, and so if, if that's the case, you just got to go best player available or highest upside available, however you want to look at it. And Rodion Amirov fits that perfectly. Yep. So, okay. Is it my turn? It is your turn. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I'm on the clock and I have some decisions to make here. I'm just going to I'm just going to start here. I'm not taking Caden Gooley. Just out of principle. I'm not doing it. The Montreal <laughs> Canadiens need scoring. They're they're a team that sucks at scoring despite all the offense that they generate in terms of shot attempts, possession, whatever you want to call it. And they need guys who are playmakers. They need guys with high skill quotients. And to me, the guy that makes total sense for that is Dawson Mercer. And so he's going to be my pick at number 16, right winger out of Shakutami in the QMJHL, a good playmaker. Um, He's got a good brain as well. He's just got all the tools that I think could make him a really interesting prospect. Um, His skating is going to need some work, but he's a really good shooter. He's got excellent hands and also a good like i said a good hockey sense about him so mercer just makes too much sense for the canadians i know that they're probably not going to do this but the opportunity to take a kid in your backyard in shikutami i think it just makes too much sense for the canadians so i'm going dawson mercer at 16 that this is my protest pick by the way I like Dawson Mercer uh, a, a lot i think that he is a guy that um you know that the Habs are going to love really. And, and I think that's what you said is that like, look, Montreal Canadiens are an analytics team, right? They have outstanding underlying numbers. They drive so much play. Um, and Felix, you are going to hate me for this, but like, Uh-oh. as of right now, Montreal is like the Nick Ritchie of, of the NHL <laughs> at this point where they've got fantastic underlying numbers, but the execution and the actual like scoring of the goals isn't quite there yet. And yeah. I think that Mercer is going to be a guy who, um, has some proven execution, um, history with him, especially in the lower levels. And I think he could bring that to the Habs. 
Yeah, and the, and the other thing I want to add is I, I'm, I'm framing this as my protest pick, but I do think that with Mercer, um, the Canadians showed a willingness to take the best player available or kind of the highest skill available last year when they selected Cole Caulfield in the middle of the first round. And that may not have necessarily been the guy that they wanted per se, but he was available and they saw him as too low for their board. And so I could see that materializing with Mercer because in this range of the Jarvis's, Zaris, Amirov's and Mercer is even going up to Quinn and Lundell, in my opinion, you could you could pull five different people and yeah. you might get five different rankings. Completely. Um, and and I would I would lean towards Mercer over Lundell Quinn personally. Um, and so that's why I think at sixteen he's a good value. Pick. He's more anyway. Of a, he's more of a risky play, but that's yeah. what you want. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Okay, CJ, Chicago Blackhawks. Interesting mm-hmm. pick because this team needs things in abundance. Yes. So you're on the clock officially. All right, I am going to, and I'm very glad you said that you weren't going to take this next guy because this is who I've been eyeing for Chicago. Chicago at one point had, you know, one of the best defenses in the NHL. And um, (laughs) at this point, you know, I think Duncan Keith is still a, you know, decent defenseman. I think we're all very familiar with how far Brent Seabrook has dropped off. So um, I, Chicago needs to start planning now to get that defense back up. And so even though this, uh, this draft isn't necessarily the highest end defense type of thing, Chicago bleeds shot attempts. They bleed <laughs> scoring chances. And they're going to need somebody who has a good chance at shutting that down. I don't necessarily think they need to have a whole lot of upside uh, from this defensive pick, which is why I am going with Caden Gooley. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Caden Gooley I, I is a... Pick. So Felix keep in has mind, like a, Caden Felix, Gooley, Felix has a hatred for Caden Gooley at this point in time. He really does. He really does. Now, uh, for those of you Ducks fans, yes, you are correct. Caden Gooley is the younger brother of defenseman Brendan Gooley. Um, Caden Gooley is considered to be, I think, the more talented one of the he's, two. He's the better version of Brendan Gooley. Yeah, yes. basically. Well, he—I don't think he's as good of a skater as Brendan Gooley is, but he's way better defensively. But he can defend. Like, Period. He can. Yeah, the, the, the great thing with Caden Gooley, number one, he's he's 6'2", so he's got some good size. Um, he still is a pretty good skater, but the great thing that I love about Caden Gooley is that, number one, he's got great gap control, and number two, he's a guy who can play physical, especially on the rush. Something yeah. that I think that defensemen, uh, that I love about certain defensemen, is the ones who can, while they're on the rush and in full stride, body guys off the puck. And Caden Gooley is very good at that. And so I really do believe that Chicago would uh, benefit a lot from this pick. Like I said, he's not a guy who's going to give you a whole bunch of points, um, but he is a guy who I think is going to be capable of shutting down some of the top guys. He's a guy that, if he develops properly, um, is going to be the guy that you send out there against other teams' top lines. So, my pick. I'm complaining a lot, but Gooley is a fine pick here. By and the here's the thing on Caden Gooley. Even though, yes, like you said about uh, him having the ability in his own zone a little bit better, he's pretty good offensively. He's good in transition. He really showed that this past year um, in his uh, draft-eligible season. And that was the thing a lot of people said was the biggest jump for him, was being able to show that offensive drive, offensive ability. And I think I was actually listening to the Dauber Prospects uh, podcast uh, today about this, and they were mentioning on Caden Gooley that he's a guy that if he does slip into the 20s, he's 
pretty much, uh, in their opinion, I should add that, uh, a, lo- a lock to become an NHLer. It's pretty set See, that he I, will become an NHLer. And if you're, and basically their thought process was if uh, Tampa Bay or someplace like that ends up getting him, that is a perfect fit for him because he can kind of. Uh, develop well, his game and eventually become that depth type of piece that a team like Tampa needs. Well, well, see, here's my thing. I've heard that jump in offensive abilities, but I'm not sold on him fair. offensively at the NHL. I don't necessarily believe that that offensive jump is going to stick as he moves up the levels. I, I think that's a good point. It's a good point to bring up to show that, look, like he did have an offensive jump, which I think increased his stock a little bit. I'm just saying that I'm not entirely sold on that uh, at the next level. Yeah, and, and with Caden Gooley, I would say, man, people might hate me for this comparison, and that's fine, but he's kind of like the Anton Lundell of the defensemen in this draft. <laughs> um, I think that he's got this defined floor. Everybody seems to agree that he's got this floor, and everyone also seems to agree that the upside might not quite be there, and that's almost perfectly reflected in his probabilities in hockey prospecting. He's a 6% star probability, and he's a 49% NHL probability. So that, that seems to line up pretty well with what everyone's kind of saying here. Um, all, yeah. that be, all that being said, though, I feel like Jake is trying to put off the pick he has to make here because New, New Jersey at 18, this is a tough one. This these, is, these, are getting, these are getting tougher and this, tougher. Because I, full disclosure... Caden Gooley was my pick, and now I, I'm trying to audible real quick. I heard you complaining as I was well, making it. Well, okay, so I'm just putting you on the clock as of right now. That, that's fine. I'm audibling right now. Um, I'm really between two players. Um, I'm not honestly too familiar with either of them, so I'm going to be completely honest uh, there, and I'm being, basing this off of going through a couple different uh, uh, mock drafts uh, that wow. different people Tom have Wow, Tom Fitzgerald, you're going re- to get that so, uh, kicked out. Yeah. You're not going to get the job here by doing that. <laughs> exactly, Jeez. but uh, I think – I think with uh, New Jersey uh, having picked uh, Cole Perfetti, I think they're really going to take a, a stretch to be able to get a defenseman with the second first round pick that they have in this draft. Um, and so to me, and actually, sorry, they had one other first round pick, I believe, correct? Um, this is yes. the third. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, they had the seventh. Yeah, they had the, well, they had the seventh, they had, uh, and then they have 18 and they also have 20. So yeah. I think they're going to really try to get defense with either 18 or 20. So I'll base that and go with 18th uh, being a defenseman. And you know what? I'm going to go a little bit off the board with this one. I'm between, uh, what is it, uh, Brandon Schneider. Um, and, Brandon or, Schneider, yeah. Brandon Schneider, Schneider, Braden yeah. Schneider and Helge Granz. I'm going to go with Helge Granz. Um, wow. Right-hand, right-hand shot defenseman. Wow. This is an, uh, a bit of a <laughs> – go, I'm going with elite prospects on this one. I'm trusting them. I'm going with that. Um, it's a little bit of a risk, but going with it. I just love our reactions that may or may not have anything to do with the actual pick. Just wow! Oh, oh my god! <laughs> that was a fu- that was a that wow had a very Owen Wilson energy. I just want to say I'm proud of us, Felix. Yeah, and so I mean, so just just um, relaying some of this information. Basically, in the Super Elite, he produced at a point per game uh, pace on a really kind of middle of the road team, uh, second highest point per game rate on the entire team. And so he really does have that offensive ability and it's just whether or not a team's going to make that upside play or not for him. There, mm-hmm. There's probably a different defenseman that I could have gone with at this point as I'm thinking about it. I don't know if they would have gone for this defenseman. And honestly, secretly I'm not picking him so he can be available at 27. Mm. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. Wouldn't it be great if we had general managers of other teams who made picks based off what the Ducks might do? It would oh. be would just be so much easier. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, this is going to get difficult quickly. So am I okay to be on the clock here? You are on the clock, yeah. unless you guys have anything else you want to say about that pick. I really don't. I think it's fine. I, I think that the um, the Devils need defense help. So I'm putting myself on the clock. I am the Calgary Flames at number 19. And I'm actually, I'd actually be curious to know what friend of the show now, um, you know, would say about this Byron Bader because <laughs> he is a Flames fan. I just think I look at the Flames roster and I think they need skill so bad. They need skill in the absolute worst way. Yep. And when you get to this point in the first round, there's a lot of forwards available. And some of them are more of a, I would say, safer play. You know, I think of Dylan Holloway. When I think of that, um, I think Brendan Brisson might even be a bit of a safer play. Jacob Perot may also be safer. But if I'm the Calgary Flames, I am just swinging for the absolute fences. And this could cost me my job, and it doesn't matter. I'm taking Hendricks Lapierre at number 19. Woof! And Woof! And which is funny because it's actually the same exact spot he goes in Corey Promen's mock draft. But I just think that this is what they need. They need a guy who can potentially come in there and be a difference maker offensively. It might not happen with Hendrick Lapierre. The, the range of outcomes for him is certainly divisive, and it could go either which way. Um, but I just think that there's enough skill there where I could see the Flames taking a big bet. And hopefully for them and hopefully for him it works out. It could be a really nice success story, but I'm going Lapierre at 19. Keep in mind, um, uh, Pronman had Lapierre at 27. Did he? Yeah. No, uh, no he had him at 19. He? he has him at 19, 19. in his mock draft. In the most recent. Oh, JK. Oh, in the mock draft. Yeah, mock yeah, draft. Mock draft. No, you're right. Not, not yeah, his prospect his ranking. So if I were to rank prospects, I wouldn't have Lapierre this high, by the way. He is not my 19th best prospect, but I, I could just see the Flames doing something drastic like this, <laughs> and I actually think it kind of makes sense for them. So that's why I'm going Lapierre. At 19. Okay, any other thoughts on this before we go to the Devils' third pick of the of the first no, I, round? I think I just want to say I think you nailed it. Like again, Lapierre, Lapierre to me is a as of right now he's a boomer bust prospect. Oh yeah, yes. Like With I don't severe see bust many, potential. <laughs> I don't see. I think it's unlikely that he ends up a middling guy. To me, he's either going to be successful top six guy or he's going to be a bust and only get a few NHL games in. Like I, that, that's yeah. kind of where do, I personally see him. Do either of you think that his, cause didn't he have a hat trick last night? Wasn't it something along those lines? He, he did. And I, and I actually yeah. think that that may, it was today. And I actually think it could play into his, that, that, that's what I'm stop. wondering is how well, much is that going to play into it? The, the whole thing about Hendricks Lapierre was that his, his health was a, was such a drawback in his draft year. And so now that he's healthy, um, now's the time to show that he's worthy. I mean, he's only got another 48 hours to do it, but that's the point is that, that he is one of those guys like a Lucas Raymond, by the way, who, who has be- probably benefited a little bit from this delayed draft. Yeah. Um, okay. Is uh devils. Are you ready at 20 CJ? Uh, that me. Yep. It's you. And you were on the clock. Yeah. Um, devils again, uh, <laughs> again, at the, at, at, at this point, devils 
Man, I'm, I feel like I'm getting all the picks here where I, I, I like that Jake reached for D previously, which I, I totally agreed with that thought process. And if that's the way that it goes and they go defenseman that route, then you really got to go, again, best available. Yep. Right? Who, who's and here who is that? <laughs> who is this best available that you're talking about? So, to be completely honest, I'm starting to go with a lot of other... Um, that's fine. Go crazy. Know, like Prodman and other prospects here, because we're getting into the weeds. And I think I'm going to go with uh, Corey Prodman's um, best available at this point, which is... Uh, sorry, I had the wrong one there. Um, which is going to be Brendan Brisson. That's actually a fine pick. That's a, I think, that's at, a very good pick. He could and yeah, he and, could easily go higher than that. Yeah, and, and I agree. Like I've done a little bit of research on Brisson, um, and he is a guy that, from what I've seen, and I've seen a little bit of clips of him, is that I love his creativity. And one of the reasons why I loved the Zegras pick so much last year was because, like, he was easily the most creative player of that draft. And we saw in his time um, at the World Juniors and in Boston just how high level he thinks the game and the fact that he's willing to try things that nobody yeah. else is willing to try. And I see Brisson as, as a similar player. He's the type of guy who likes to try things. He likes to be creative. He likes to, you know, um, he, he likes to be unexpected. And um, Brisson is definitely a guy who has that. And I've always been a big believer in the fact that hockey IQ and hockey sense can make up for a lot of deficiencies in a player's mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And I'm not huge on a lot of his skill set, but the fact that he is able to be creative and think the game at such a high level, I think makes up for a lot of that. And that's something that well, I want to see more in the NHL. And I think we are getting more of that in the NHL. So he would be the latest in another line of prospects that would follow and push that creativity forward in this league. Ironically for you, CJ, Brisson, who you are selecting at 20, has the exact same star probability in hockey prospecting as Jack Quinn, who you selected oh at 11. Boy. <laughs> well, and here's the thing on Brendan so Brisson there, that, so that, there you you, go. that you and I talked about, I believe it was on the Patreon episode. Um, but one of the things that's kind of come out a little bit is that the USHL might be a little bit underscouted at this point in time, and Brendan Brisson is one of the best players there. And so he may, this may be a situation where he probably should go a fair amount higher, but he's going where he is because of the league he's playing in, and that's not it's necessarily not, a fault not held of his in the own. Su- it's not held in the same regard, exactly. As exactly. Any of the Canadian Junior League. So yeah, the, I, th- this- I think it's a if if the Devils can come out of this first round with Brendan Brisson, Helge Granz, and Cole, Cole Perfetti. That's a <laughs> that's a great first round for them. That yeah. that is that would be fantastic. I mean, I would say that Brisson and Perfetti are close to locks to being NHLers. Yeah. And Grounds might be a little bit more of a reach, but that's fine. I mean, you have three first round picks, so you better be going for a project for one of them. Um, okay, Jake, you are up, my friend, at number twenty one. So CBJ. Columbus this was Jackets. one where I actually originally, since the very beginning of this, my player that I had uh, slated to be uh, taken here uh, was uh, Lucas Reichel. Mm-hmm. But kind of after looking at it, looking at a couple different things, um, also kind of running through a couple different uh, mock draft explanations, things like that, the Columbus Blue Jackets are a little bit uh, thin in terms of their prospect system on defense. Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't shock me if 
uh, a guy like Yarmo Kekalainen, who's a little bit of an old school guy, mm-hmm. uh, and his coach is John Tortorella, who is definitely an old school type of guy. <laughs> if they end up going with a two way defenseman who's not really known for putting up points, probably is never going to be a point producer. Um, a little bit more of a modern way defensive defenseman, but mm-hmm. still is is a bigger guy at six two two oh two out of the WHL and Braden Schneider. Oh boy. Why did you take the guy I was about to pick? You're you're doing this consistently now. Did are you I guess that means we're on the same wavelength? <laughs> well I He's I, intentionally sabotaging you. Well, no, because we're talking about two different teams here. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're going Braden Schneider, and there's a reason that I like this pick for the Blue Jackets because I actually don't think their blue line is as great as everyone makes it out to be. I think Seth Jones is wildly overrated. Um, I think that they do have some nicer depth defensemen, but they need another guy in there to to supplement that blue line depth. And so Braden Schneider makes sense at 21 for Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I'm up, and I'm putting myself on the clock, and boy, do I have a tough decision to make here, I would argue, as the New York Rangers at 22, because they're, I could go any which way here. I was going to go Braden Schneider, because I do think that they could use some more defensive depth, but there's also a big drop-off now, I think. I mean, I, I guess I could go William Wallinder. You know, there's different defensemen I could pick, but I just can't ignore the greatness of Jacob Perot. I just can't. He's Damn. he's probably going way too low in most mock drafts. This is probably too I low hate for, you, Felix. for his true talent level. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, hey, Jake did it to me, so just buckle up, I guess. <laughs> this We're just all, going this one after all, the other, yeah. just stealing everybody. Jake. Well, the thing with Jacob Perot is I think that if you look at the, the equivalency rates uh, and looking at hockey prospecting uh, star probability, he's at 46%. I mean, this guy could legitimately be a stud in the NHL. Now, there are some foibles in his game. The skating might not be where some people want it to be. The overall creativity might not necessarily be the highest, but he has got a laser of a shot. I mean, to me, him and Alexander Holtz are almost equal in that department. So if you come out of this as the Rangers in the first round with Alexi Lafreniere and Jacob Perot, that is a great haul. And so I'm feeling pretty good about that at 22. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be a really good pick. I mean, honestly, Jacob Perot is a guy that I have slated to potentially be available to the Ducks at 27. I, I think yeah. it's possible that he goes at 22. But as we're talking about it, we should probably throw this out there if it's not obvious that with these later rounds, basically once you get past 10, I, I mm-hmm. think there's an argument that this all these players could be flip-flopped and someone that we have in the 20s could go in the teens. Someone that we have in the teens could be going later and it could mm-hmm. push all these guys down. And so I think Jacob Perot kind of looping this back to the Ducks could be a really good pick for them. Now, yeah. granted, uh, some people may want a defenseman there, but this is a guy that is going no. to go in the later rounds. And like you said, he's a guy that is uh, is basically a really talented player that is going to slip and someone's going to be very, very happy about it. Exactly. He doesn't necessarily have the physical profile that people want. Exactly. In a first round pick, but I think that there's a possibility there he overcomes that. Okay, CJ, you're on the clock at number twenty three, Philadelphia Flyers. What do they do at twenty three? 
Yeah, I think Flyers are another team that just needs a lot of help. And despite their performance this last year, and, and we've talked about this for those of you who have been longtime listeners of the pod, you know, I think all three of us believe that Philadelphia, at least this last year, was way overrated. Um, their 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 analytics aren't particularly good. I, I think that they are a team that has a lot of holes and they're extremely inconsistent. So they're going to need a guy who's going to give them a little bit more uncertainty, who's going to give them a little bit more excitement, and somebody who I think has a higher chance of being an impact guy. Um, And so at this pick, and um, I'm actually not 100% confident that this hasn't already been taken here. I have the memory of a goldfish, so please yell at me if I do this (laughs) wrong. Going Dylan Holloway? Yep. Yep. He's He has not been taken, and he was yep. on my short list. That's what I thought. Um, there you go. And so I think, I actually think this is too low for Holloway. I, I like is. Holloway more than this. Um, I think he should be going in the teens somewhere. Um, he's a guy who, he has this explosiveness to him that I think is lacking in a lot of Philadelphia players. Um, he's a guy who makes some incredible plays. I watched some highlights of him where uh, he just absolutely walked some defense, uh, some defenders. And I think that he is a guy that, um, you know, to me the, the, a lot of, Philadelphia's best producers offensively, Jack Varchek, uh, Claude Giroux, those guys, they're getting older. They're going to start um, dropping off here. And so I really like Holloway in Philadelphia as a center. Um, he was uh, he was great for Wisconsin. And yeah, I, I think that um, just seeing that his draft year this year with, with, with Wisconsin, the fact that he was able to actually execute Mm-hmm. Um, was big for me. So to me, I'm going Dylan Holloway to Philadelphia. I like that pick because I think yep. he's he's kind of a do-it-all player. I don't think he necessarily has one dynamic. I mean, you could argue he has some dynamic skills, but I think he's just a nice overall solid offensive player. Um, he's a complete player. Yeah, exactly. And I think that for the, for the Flyers, they do need more guys like that, and just particularly younger guys like that. Um, so I think it's yeah. a solid pick, and it's probably a bit of a steal at uh at that range so jake are you ready to make the picks the pick for the washington capitals at 24 i am okay and and this is a pure upside pick this is one where i believe (laughs) the capitals are a team that are going to be looking for as much upside as they can get because they are a team that will probably uh not have a high draft pick for a while just with how Mm -hmm. their team is and how they're what they're trying to do there think so it's possible that maybe they fall <laughs> off who knows i don't want to go out on that big of a limb so it's possible but i uh-huh. think they'll go upside with this pick and so i'm gonna go with a player that honestly could go anywhere in the teens or maybe even into the second round kind mm-hmm. of all over the place if you're looking at projections but i'm going with maverick bork um Ooh, center yeah. center from Shawinigan. interesting uh, big time upside play yep big big yep. time upside 510 so a smaller center but a guy that plays really really fast can make high-end plays really good on the power play um obviously a smaller player so that kind of is a big reason why he's uh is going to be taking this low he's not as explosive as you as you would like to see um but he's just a guy that has a lot of talent and uh can definitely find the back of the net and so this could be one that i mean we We've talked about a bunch of players that could be steals in this draft. There's a lot of players that none of us feel great about picking them where we did. Um, Anton Liddell being one of them, but I think that that made sense looking back on it still. Um, 
But this is one where I think Washington's a bit of a savvy team that will be able to pick up a player here um, that they'll be really happy with in a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Bork could, he could go higher. He could go much it's higher possible. than this. He, like you yeah. said, he, he could go in the teens, um, but there's also a possibility he doesn't. So am I, uh, am I up here? You are up unless anyone <laughs> else are? has comments. Colorado Avalanche at 25. This is a tough one because on one hand, I think that it wouldn't hurt for them to have another defensive prospect in their system. Although they're, they're so set in that department. I just can't bring myself to do it. I think that much like the Capitals, I think the logic you applied for the Capitals actually makes more sense for the Avalanche because I think the Avalanche are going to be good for a, a set amount of True. time here. The, the bottom could definitely fall out on the Capitals at any given point, given the age of their their core. So I'm going to go big swing here, big swing. I'm going Noel Gundler <laughs> at 25. And Ooh. he's the type of player that... Okay. He's the type of player that will look amazing on one night and could look absolutely forgettable on the next. He's got an electric shot, an incredibly intelligent player, a good passer, not the strongest of skaters, but if some of these things, some of these elements in his game, the consistency and the just kind of the, the physical tools, if some of those can come around, he's got the skill to become potentially a, a top line player or, or maybe, you know, top six. And that's, I think that's what the the Avalanche should be shooting for because their their core is essentially set. They don't need a safe play at this point. They need just another guy who could potentially randomly come in and and become a star. And so that's I think what Noel Gundler is. There's a good chance he never becomes anything that I'm talking about here. But that's that's how the Avalanche should be thinking at 25. So that's who I'm going with. So let's uh, any reactions to that or just just. Uh, just okay. What, I like no, and and, and I like <laughs> I like Gunler mostly because I think and I think he fits Washington well because of his physical game. He's a very mm. physical player, and Washington while they're or sorry, sorry, Colorado. You're uh-huh. right, and um and so while again, Colorado is not a team that I think really places a super high value on physicality. They do consider it a bonus, and we see that with some of their players mm-hmm. who who can be very physical. And so I think Noel Gundler, I think in that vein, is somebody that they would like to have a little bit more, especially after they basically got worked by Dallas. Yeah. Um, and I I think that their performance with Dallas uh, will kind of influence this pick here, and I think. Gundler follows from that logic pretty well mm-hmm. yeah okay so cj you are up here number 26 st louis blues who are feeling so confident that they're just willing to move on from alex petrangelo so <laughs> you're on the clock here jake i'm gonna rip your heart out don't you yes, do it don't do no, it no 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 do no, no, it no 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 don't don't do jj it. paterka oh, okay okay we're fine we're fine. <laughs> oh, really? I thought because I know you like Paterka. I do. I do. Oh, yes. That that's not that's not the person I'm married to though for the Ducks at 27. Ah, interesting. I okay, I, okay, I had okay. a to be honest. I had Paterka listed, and I I would have had an de- internal debate about it. But you just made my life easier. That would not have been the player I would have taken. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little let down right now. I wanted to hear just the anguish in your voice. We also haven't taken Lucas Reichel. Speaking of Paterka, Lucas Reichel could could drop into the second round. I think. So. Yeah, I I can see that too. All right, so um, JJ Paterka, 
he's a guy that has a, a, a again he's a guy who i think is fairly hard to project and is a little bit another one of these risky picks but he has i think very high upside especially with um you know his creativity he has great creativity um he has great great hands he, he he's the type of guy who has quite a bit of skill and the other thing that I, one of the reasons why I think St. Louis will like him is that while he may not be a guy who's going to knock people around or really use his body much, he likes to get involved in, in plays. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, sit around the outside. And if there's one thing that St. Louis loves, it's getting into puck battles. St. Louis gets into a ton of puck battles. They like guys who can win puck battles. And I think that Paterka is definitely going to be this guy who, I think he plays bigger than he is um he's not small he's 5'11 192 uh, but there are definitely guys bigger than him out there um and so just because of his compete level his willingness to get into the dirty areas and the projectable skill there um he he, he definitely could especially with um him playing bigger than he is i think that does leave him to be injury potential injury prone we'll have to see how he handles the increased sizes as he goes up um but uh Paterka, i think think makes a lot of sense for st louis here agreed agreed i, I think that one, that's i that's a solid agree, pick for them. and i think it will be a solid pick for whoever takes him i think that you can't go wrong picking him at that range I think jake jake has loved paterka i for, have yeah i mean I as long as i can remember that I we've been talking about him i think he will be a very very good player and i think he's a player that could if the if he is available at 27 it would not be a bad decision by mm-hmm. the ducks uh to take him but okay so Let's just move on here. Number twenty-seven, the so Anaheim the Ducks. We've all been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, here we go. So, so we're gonna we're gonna spend a little more time on this one, but we're gonna still apply the same two minutes. Bob Murray, you're back up, and you're on the clock. So we're back, folks. Um, so <laughs> I'm just gonna really quickly lay out a couple different players that you could see uh, potentially go in this range to the Ducks before picking the player that i want because you know what i'm the general manager right now so it's my pick so um the 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 ducks really they've been linked to uh william olinder as a player that that they've been consistently linked to he's six four defenseman of sweden a guy that has a is a pretty smooth skater um there is a bit of a ceiling to him and it's more of a floor play as we would say he's not exactly gonna be an offensive talent um, he is a better skater than you would expect, expect being six, four. And so maybe that's a player that the ducks want to get because of his size. He does have the skating ability, different things like that. Um, obviously Lucas Reichel is another player that you could see kind of in that mix. Thomas Bordalo is another player that could potentially be there, but the player that I'm going with is one of my favorite players in this draft, honestly a player that could potentially be available in the second round. And that may be more likely, where the Ducks uh, end up taking him, I am going to go with Jeremy Poirier. This is a guy that is a complete upside play. It is a risk. There is no doubt about it that taking Jeremy Poirier is a complete and total risk, but he is one of the most dynamic defensemen in this entire draft. More dynamic offensively uh, than Jamie Drysdale, more dynamic offensively than Jake Sanderson. He has some issues in his own zone. But I mean, <laughs> to say the least, Scott Scott Wheeler lays it out from the offensive blue line in. He can create in more ways than most forwards can. He's got a better shot and more one on one skills. So mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of playing it, and it's a complete upside play. 
you're hoping that he can learn the defensive side or maybe you pair him with a defenseman that is a bit better in in his own zone as he's able to progress and there's also I think that this doesn't get talked about enough a lot of times defensemen end up saying that it's a little bit easier one and it's a similar thing with goalies once you make the NHL while yes you do have better skaters better players coming at you there's more structure to the game it's less helter skelter and that sometimes does help with defensive zone structure when you're able to rely on your teammates and so maybe that is a situation with Jeremy Poirier but to me you can learn the defensive end of your ice uh, defensive end of the ice you can get better at that the offensive skill that you he has you can't teach that mm-hmm. and that's why this is a this is a really it's a risky pick no doubt but seeing as they took Luke, I took Lucas Raymond at sixth overall, which some people could say it's a risk, obviously, but it is somewhat a floor play uh, in a way. This is a complete upside play. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the risk the Ducks should be taking to really replenish their defense. He Granted, left-handed shot, left-hand shot defenseman. Right. But if he can learn to play on the right side or who knows where they'll be when he mm-hmm. ends up making the NHL. But this is someone that could be absolutely dynamic. Um, hockey boys asked, does he like Ryan Merkley? I think that's a decent comparison. I think Ryan Merkley, wasn't it more of an attitude issue I though? Mean, well, well, Merkley. Yeah. He had a terrible attitude. I would yeah. say Poirier is well below Merkley though, in terms of skill level. You think? Oh yeah. 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 I, 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 I like Ryan Merkley's skill more. Merkley. Sure. I mean, if, if, if Merkley didn't have the intangibles that people don't like, he would have gone much, much higher. And I think with Poirier, it's not so much the intangibles as much as there's just holes in his game that I think people don't attribute as much to off ice characteristics. Fair. Um, could be wrong about that, but I, I would, so zooming out, I would like that pick. I think for the real, Ducks. Mm-hmm. real quick, I just want to lay out the stats just for people that don't know yep. it. He put up 53 points last year in 64 games in the QMJHL, mm-hmm. uh, 20 goal. He scored 20 goals mm-hmm. as a defenseman and had 33 assists in the QMJHL. And so mm-hmm. all, the the main issue is, uh, granted, we all have we have our opinions on plus minus as a stat and whether it's actually important. Shocker, it's not really. Mm-hmm. But he he was a minus twenty five last year. Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think for the Ducks that would be a very, you know, that that's the kind of pick they should be making. Um, really go for the upside, and if it burns out, well, so be it. But you've already got Lucas Raymond at number six who is probably going to be a very good NHL player. And so you're, you know, taking a massive risk on Poirier is fine. And if it does hit to any degree, then you've got another piece that you can add to that back end for years to come. And especially a guy who brings an offensive skill set. I remember, I just want to reiterate again, Bob Murray and Martin Madden have a history of making the, the high floor safe play type of picks. And I am not going to criticize a risky pick, again, as long as it is thought out and logical. And I think Poirier is another one of those thought out logical risk picks with a bunch of high upside that if you hit big, you're going to hit really big on him. So I, I do like the fact that you're willing to go there, Jake. Yeah. By the way, just so everyone knows, in the QMJHL, in the last 20 years, Jeremy Poirier is 12th all time in points per game from a defenseman in his draft eligible season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he pretty, pretty good. good. The production is there. The production yep. is And I believe there. he is second in terms of goals from a defenseman uh-huh. in the last 20 wow. years. And the, the only defenseman with more goals had 
played in, let me see, played in eight more games and had two more goals than him. Yeah. So the only concern is you look at those players around uh, him at the top of that list. None of them are really household names. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno Gervais is, uh, is first. Uh, Jer- Jerome Leduc, uh, not these aren't necessarily names that became household uh, players. Although Chris Letang, uh, sure, nineteenth on this list, thirty two, thirty two points in the QMJHL in his draft eligible season. Poirier fifty three points. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. So if you guys saw Raymond and Poirier as the first round haul for the Ducks, you would be, you would be happy with that. Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah, I think, feel? I think personally they could do better than Raymond at six if Rossi is still on the board, but, you know, I, I'm predictable at this point with that take. No, I think it would be fine. I, I think that um, Raymond Raymond is just such a toss-up to me. That's my only concern there. Maybe, maybe I just am not confident enough of what he can I think become. You, I mean, I mean complete, to be completely honest, if, you, if we had done this a month ago, uh-huh. I would not have picked Raymond. Yeah. Well, there you go. And and it's one of those things that it's just really diving into his game a little bit and really looking at a bunch of different stuff. He's a great player. He's he's a great hockey player. And I think he's also benefiting from having this entire preseason where he's getting full top-line minutes and getting getting, uh, full top-line minutes during the first three games of the season. He's able to show what he can do and you're able to see that skill that everyone's talked about that he just didn't have the minutes to expose Mm -hmm. and so i i think that that's a big thing for me honestly and where in for my personal opinion he's benefiting a lot from playing games right now oh yeah in terms of his draft draft stock yeah keep in mind this isn't his draft year anymore no it's no it's no it's not but he is Mm -hmm. at i think he's right under a point per game which if you Mm -hmm. were to look at historical averages Mm -hmm. being over a point per game i think there's only like one player in the last 20 years in his draft plus one year that's put up over a point per game Mm -hmm. no that's fair yeah it would be very i think it would be in very rare territory i I think a player actually sorry Mm -hmm. uh, going back on uh raymond really quickly one thing that i completely had forgot to mention when i picked him um a player that if you look at points of uh, point comparable and things like that in terms of points per game, mm-hmm. William Nylander is right around that same mark in his first year in his draft eligible year in SHL. And so yeah. I think that if you were to say that, that kind of puts him in a little bit of a different category. Certainly. No, I, I, I think he's a fine pick. I just, I have my own opinion and I'm trying yep. as best as I can to remove that here. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick at number 28 for the Ottawa centers, their third pick. In, in the first round, which is kind of incredible. I'm going to go with Tyson Forrester. I, I actually am a little surprised he made it this far. Um, if you purely look at star probability, he is at 32%, or sorry, 27%. So really high up. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be one of the better players to come out of this first round. And if you even just look at eye test, I mean, the skating is the big issue there. That's what people will consistently point to, but he's got an excellent shot. He's a great puck handler, a great playmaker, an excellent hockey sense. I think that he could be a a really useful top six piece, especially for Ottawa, where at this point, you know, in in our, in our draft hall here, they're doing pretty well. And so if you get a Forster, a guy who kind of has a bit of a floor, but also a potential ceiling, I think that it just makes too much sense for them to pass up on him. There's some mocks that have him going the second round, 
Uh, there's some mocks that I have him going much higher than we're, than we're, we're picking him here, but I think he makes sense for them at, at 28. So that's my pick. Vegas Golden Knights, you are up at 29. CJ. I think that this player fits the Vegas mold perfectly. You know, the uh, a Vegas mold that prioritizes speed and skill and just overwhelming um, uh, opposing defenses. And this guy's been doing this for a few years now in Russia. So I am going with a Russian here. I'm going with Murat um, Kuznetsov. And uh, uh, apologies if I did not spell or if I did not pronounce that correctly. I did my best. <laughs> it sounded um, right. I think it's Kuznetsov. <laughs> Kuz, well, Kuznetsov. Here comes Felix to protect. Yeah. Or to Kuznetinov. 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 I will trust Felix more than myself. Murat <laughs> Kuznetinov. I like that pick. Look, he, yeah, Kuznetinov is he, uh, he, he's he's a creative pay- player. He's got the high end skill, but he's a great skater. Like he's the type of guy who is really good off of the rush. He um, and that's something that I think Vegas uh, really likes. They love players who are great off the rush and who are going to be able to get a lot of scoring chances very quickly in the transition game. Um, and so that's one of the things that I would say he is fairly undersized at 5'10", 176. So, um, but uh, honestly, with the game Vegas plays, they're a team that's very hard to get good contact and hits off of. So um, I think that he would fit in their system very well as long as he can kind of keep up and remain open to de- the, the development and coaching of their staff. Um, but again, he, he, he is a guy that I do really like who I think can bring a lot to the table. And um, I don't think he's a guy who would necessarily fit in every system. I think there are a lot of teams who could pick him and, and pretty much waste him away because um, he is going to need the right players around him, I think, in order su- to succeed. But that right there is exactly why I think I would go with Vegas for him. Okay. Well, I I love that. I mean, Vegas has a bit of a checkered history with Russians. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but uh, but that's that's a that's an interesting yeah. pick for them for sure. I I'd say that pick makes sense. Another player I would have pegged as potentially going there would be Jan Misak. Um, a, oh, Jake, are you gonna guy. are you gonna do this to me again? No, because I'm are not gonna, gonna take him. Uh, okay. I'm not gonna take Jan Misa. Ooh, okay. Thank God. I don't, you a break. Because I don't think Dallas will take him. Okay. I, so who's I your pick Dal- at thirty? So I think at thirty, I'm gonna go with Thomas Bordalo. Ooh. For the Dallas Stars. Okay. okay. Um, it, he's a center. He's from the U.S. National Development Team program. Um, he has a pretty good shot. Um really has a high skill level able to control pucks um there's really no great rhyme or reason i just think that dallas <laughs> the, the the i mean being completely honest we're, we're later in the i'm sold the, the draft I, you're I, just you're just going you're just going all in on the ushl bit well this is now the u.s national development team so a little well, bit different, they play, they play in, in the, the ushl yeah but yeah. i i think that maybe they're they're scouting the the u.s uh, national development program after the way they went last year with so many players coming out of it it, mm-hmm. I think it would be a tough year for the national development program. If I believe so far we only have one player in Jake Sanderson coming off uh, the national development team. And uh-huh. so I would assume that they've probably been pretty well scouted. I think that I could see Dallas going Thomas Bordalo here at 30. And honestly, Bordalo is a player that I would not be that opposed to the Ducks taking at 27 also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, so do I get the last pick? You of do. The, of, you of do. The, of the You're the thing. only person that gets an extra pick. Because it's an, a 31-team <laughs> league. So I've got the San Jose Sharks at number 31, and they kind of just need everything. 
this is a hard team to really peg what they need because they just need stars in the worst way. Their 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 current top players are getting older. Um, they've got this insane cap situation that they're going to have to sort through. So I'm not really sure where to go. Actually, Marat Kuznetinov might have been a guy I was I was thinking about at this range, but. Jake already brought him up, so I'm just going to say it now. Jan Mishak, I think that he he makes a lot of sense for the Sharks because he's a guy who has a decent ceiling in terms of his overall ability. He's a good puck handler. He's got good vision. He's got a really good shot as well, and he's also a really good skater. Um, he's not a guy who maybe will become a, a true star in the NHL, but I think he could be a very good top six winger, potentially even you know top line if everything breaks right. Um, and, and for the Sharks, that's just kind of what they need. Just stockpile guys who can play, stockpile guys who can contribute offensively. And that's how you build out from this horrible position that they're in. If the Sharks hadn't made the Eric Carlson trade, they would have had the fifth overall pick this year. Or, the, or is it the third overall? Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um, yeah, the third overall pick. So this is a tough spot for them to be in. Uh, but I think if you draft Mishak at 31, that's at least... Uh, a start towards getting back to where they eventually want to be. Okay. Any reactions to that or should we start kind of winding down here? Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. You want to run through all the picks real quick? Uh, <laughs> and then we, we do, we do have some questions uh, in our okay. Twitch chat that we okay. can get to, um, to give a shout out to all the people that have been with us throughout this entire now hour and a half draft that we just did. Mm -hmm. We just did the NHL's job in an hour and a half for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the questions. We, you know, we'll, we'll post up the draft results. We'll, we'll post up the order um, just as a quick refresher for the top 10. Uh, so you've got the Rangers selecting Lafreniere at number one. That was my pick. CJ as the Kings took Stutzle at number two. Jake took Quinton Byfield for the Senators at three. I took Yaroslav Askarov at number four for the Red Wings, just as a chaos pick. Uh, CJ took Jamie Drysdale to Ottawa at five. Jake made the glamour pick. Lucas Raymond at number six to the Anaheim Ducks. Number seven, I took Cole Perfetti for the New Jersey Devils. Number eight to the Sabres. CJ finally did it. Marco Rossi. Someone had to do it. Marco Rossi to the Sabres. Number nine, the Wild. Jake took Alexander Holtz, and I took Sanderson to the Jets at ten. So there's your top 10. There All is right. your top 10. So let's blitz through a couple quick questions here. Uh, for those of you listening to the recorded versions on YouTube or the podcast services, by the way, we are on YouTube. Find us at youtube.com slash crash pond. If you want to help support the show, actually go subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. We're actually getting good engagement there. But if you want to go help, help us out, just hit that subscribe button completely free to you and does help out. Um, but we have our Twitch channel. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, you get one free Twitch Prime sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button. When you hit that subscribe button, you will get a special badge next to your name, special emotes in the chat. So let's really quickly hit on a couple things. Would you trade the 27th and 36th pick for the 15th pick? Ooh, that is actually an interesting question. I think I might. I think I, I would. I think I might because yeah. I think at 15 in this draft, if we just went by our own mock, you would get Rodion Amirov. Amir would the Ducks take Amirov is the question. Well, let's say they took a Mercer or a Zeri or maybe True. a Jarvis. If he, I, I just think that the caliber of player 
at 15 is, I would argue, significantly higher than in the late 20s to, to mid 30s. You know, you can still get good players in that range, but I do think that at 15, you're you can get a more interesting player. Yep. Um, so yes, right. I would do it. <laughs> Heyo, Dflow, and Anime Holics basically came up with the same question right after each other, basically wondering what would be the worst case scenario uh, for the Ducks. What would be a disaster? I. I really do think that, and there's been some talk of this, but I think uh, taking Sanderson at six would be a disaster. Agreed. Um, I, I, I just, agree. I don't, I don't see like to me, person to my my personal evaluation of him is that his ceiling is a third pairing defenseman, and if you're getting third pairing defenseman Ooh, out of I a disagree. sixth overall pick, um, I don't no uh, ab- about that i would much rather them take drysdale um if they are going to go d that route i just see D- drysdale as so much higher end than sanderson I agree with that. but that's my that's my thing i think sanderson would be a disaster mainly because of the caliber of forwards i think he's a solid defenseman he's going to be a second pairing maybe fringe first pairing he's kind of more in the mold of a hampus lindholm type of player yeah which isn't l- necessarily l- let's say bad... you get hampus lindholm sure. again at six that that's not a bad thing, but no, when you look not. at the when you look at the caliber caliber forwards that will be available with the impact that they can make, that's the bit of the issue there. Um, so <laughs> you, I think wanna, Sander- you, you want to know my two disaster picks? Go for it. And this might piss some people off. It probably won't happen. Just to be very clear, I think Jack Quinn at six would be a disaster. Yes. He's, yes. Yeah, that's he's rumored to go that high. So yes. yeah. And the other pick that I think could be disastrous is Tim Stutzle at six. I really don't know what to make of Tim Stutzle <laughs> anymore. So I think no, wow. I think I disagree there. I think he's going to be a bust at two. I disagree. I think he's going to be a bust at two. I think it's major steal. I think it's. I think at six is the actually the. I think eight, six, eight six to is ten is go. more reasonable for him. I think six is where Stutzle should okay, go. Okay. Well, hey, honestly. you asked me the question. This is my response. No, that's that's so, fair. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's go with this. T. Anderson said real quick. Who do you think the Ducks will take with their second round pick? So. I'll just throw out. I think Lucas Reichel is a guy that could really fit in well there. Yeah, you're you're seeing a lot of different names. Lucas Reichel is a guy who could go in the first round, so he might not even be available. Correct. Um, in the mock that Corey Promen had, he had Topi Niemela going to the Anaheim at 36, a defenseman out of Karpat in the in Liga in Finland. I mean, if that's if that's the scuttlebutt on who they're looking to pick then I don't know that I don't have a specific name off the top of my head. Maybe a Ryan O'Rourke, if he makes it that far, um, one of the defensemen who slides. But if, if they're leaning D, Niamela's in that mix. Uh, well, Linder could make it to 36. Um, like I mentioned already, O'Rourke. So I think that it, it could be just another defenseman, which I just don't know. I don't know why, you know, Helge Granz could be their pick at 36. Yeah. You know, we have Which him in the, would be a great pick. We have him in the first round, but so it, it could, it could be, I think I would predict it'll be defense for 36. That There's my prediction. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ, any guess on who might go in the second round pick? Oh God. Um, honestly, I, I don't, I'll be real here. I haven't thought a whole lot about it. Um, okay. So I'm going to defer to both of you and say you are both correct and both your opinions Perfect. are valid. So, two more questions here. DFTN said, "If I were to, if I were to tell you, uh, you could have Ryan McDonough at sixth overall, would you be happy?" And I think this is a Jake Sanderson plug. Yeah, I mean, are we that, taking? Are, are, are we talking prime Ryan McDonough? Well, this, or, no, this as in this is right you're, now, you're taking McDonough Ryan. Mc, you're drafting Ryan McDonough in his entire yeah. career. 
at sixth overall. Yeah, I mean that in we, this draft. Yeah, that'd be good. We talked about this on the Patreon pod, but they're let's say the Ducks take Jake Sanderson at six, which I don't think is likely, but let's say it happens. That's not the end of the world. I don't think Correct. it's a disaster because if you get a consistent top four, potentially top pairing defenseman, a la Hampus Lindholm, that's fine. You know, that that's, yeah. you know, philosophically, I would always go more towards going for the upside play for the forward who can bring you offense because that's the hardest thing to acquire in the NHL. But if you take a Sanderson, if you, if you draft Ryan McDonough or Hampus Lindholm, that's fine. It's yeah. not disaster, and that's why he wasn't one of my disaster picks. Shots fired at me and me and CJ right there. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Let's Fair. end. Let's end with this one. This is a good one to end with. It's coming from Hockey Boys. Gut feeling on about who you think the Ducks will take at six. So removing <laughs> this mock draft where it was well, all kind of laid out as we've shown for, as we've shown, the top five has a whole lot to do with who the ducks take at six but yeah all mm-hmm. things considered what is your gut telling you that who my uh, gut who they will take my gut tells me alexander holtz that's who i think they'll. Play. my gut tells me my gut tells me drysdale my yeah gut tells me my gut tells me drysdale also yeah i think that that's I about it th- that's about right a drysdale or a holtz i think is where they end up landing so many people make the argument of oh you know imagine holtz on a line with zgrass and Sure. I mean, that could be excellent. That could be a fantastic line, but I'm not so sold on Holtz as a number six pick. I'm also not so sold on Drysdale as a number six pick. Um, I think that if either pan out to kind of their median outcome, it's a fine pick for the Ducks. It's just not one that I would be particularly excited about. Yep. So was that our last question? That that was uh, our last question, basically. We have a couple other ones, but I think that's a good one to end with. Okay. Well, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in, uh, for joining us live here on Twitch. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And the draft is two days away now, and it's going to be so much fun. I guess by the time you're listening to this on the recorded version, it's going to be a day away. Um, we deserve this. We have gone through the ringer to get to this point of the Ducks being somewhat relevant again with a top draft position. Um, but a, a few different ways that you can support the show. Uh, first and foremost, I do want to point out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash crash the pond for a dollar a month. You get access to our discord patrons only chat, and it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we get in more in depth in different topics. And also that's where you can submit to us, um, you know, uh, topic suggestions for the next phase of this that I'm going to talk about. And also, you know, when the Ducks are going to be playing again, we do a live chat during games with patrons only. So that's a lot of fun. But at $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. And those, both guys that are on here with me can, can vouch for this, CJ and Jake. Those are a lot of fun. Those can go all over yeah. the place. Um, we can get a lot more in depth. I think that if you enjoy more of the banter of this show, kind of the back and forth, um, that's that's a lot of what that those bonus episodes are. And so that's for $5 a month. Either way, we really appreciate it. Um, the smallest contribution makes the biggest difference, and that's at crash the. So that's at Patreon.com/slash/CrashThePond. Um, another great way that you can support us that's totally free to you. Just search Crash the Pond on the Apple Podcast app. At bare minimum, you can just search for our name, scroll down once you select us, and just tap the five stars, and boom, you're done. But if you do want to go a step further, you can also leave a, a review. Um, those really go a long way not just in terms of us helping helping climb up the rankings but also just emotionally it's awesome to hear your feedback it's awesome to know kind of where things are trending and that people are indeed listening and it it just really does 
go a long way. Like Jake mentioned, we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. We're all, we're on all of your favorite uh, podcasting services, you know, Spotify. Um, we're really on all of them. We are also on Twitter. Uh, so you can find Jake on Twitter at reindeer games 91. You can find CJ on Twitter at CJ Woodling. Is that it? Or is it CJ underscore Woodling? No, it's just CJ. Okay. That's, you got what, it. that's what I thought. Okay. And then I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. Of course, make sure to check out our website, crashthepond.com. That is home base. We're also on Twitter there at crash the pond. So that is going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thank Wait, you. Re- real quick. Want to plug uh, the YouTube, like I said earlier, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, yeah. hit that notification Definitely. Uh, button. That that helps out a bunch. And also, as you can see on your screen, if you are a watching the, the Twitch stream or watching the YouTube video, we are sponsored by Manscaped. And there will be a little bit more to come from that in the, the podcast on Tuesday. But if you want to get yourself 20% off and free shipping, use the code CTP at, at manscaped.com. Uh, Well, there you have it, folks. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you have a great week. The next time we talk to you will be post-draft. So if you're a subscriber to the show, be on the lookout for that in your feed. We're going to have a live reaction. We're also going to have a live stream. Details are going to be up on Twitter um, in the next day here. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So giddy up. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.